The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us on this powerhouse of a day, 11-11. It's the greatest day that we've ever lived right here and right now. And each and every week, we feature um, someone dynamic, magnificent, a teacher, Uh, a sage, a wise individual that continues to show us at a deeper level as far as our soul that being an intentional spirit is not about what's going on outside in your life. It's what's going on inside your essence. And so being intentional is a person that regardless of what is going on, continues to do their purpose, their love, their passion, And none other than our incredible guest today, she is over the top. I am a fan. I would wear her t-shirt anytime. Welcome, (laughs) Fanny Flagg, to our show. (laughs) Good morning, beautiful Temple. How are you? I'm doing well, well. And as as it's 11-11 today, it's actually (gasps) 11 o'clock your time there in California. So you just got 11s everywhere coming at you, girl. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I tell you, it's true, darling. Well, uh, first and foremost, I want us to give a shout out to our mutual friend, uh, Kathy Jean Norman, and I thank her from my heart, and I have more than one time, for the introduction of meeting you. It's been such a blessing in my life. You know, um, I've been following your work for years, and um, the movie Fried Green Tomatoes was one of the first times I saw a character that kind of reminded me of myself. And so it's just been uh, a real love fest. But I tell you, when I when I see and hear how much you appreciate <laughs> the life as a Southerner, it's like there's something within us as Southern people that are dedicated to our roots. It's like we just know when we meet that we're probably going to be lifers. <laughs> yes, I tell you what, when all else fails, Temple, let's get us a plate of black-eyed peas, turnip greens, and fried green tomatoes. <laughs> then, but I do also, sweetheart, I want to thank our good friend Kathy Norman. Um, you know, uh, she has this, I, I'm sure you read her book, Sermon on a Molehill. 
I loved it. It was just so delightful. And I met her years ago in Ventura. And then, you know, I just happened to go online, Unity here, and saw her. So we reconnected. And lucky me, got connected to you. Mm. It's a beautiful part of our journey, isn't it? It is. You know, it, it really is. I was I was reading um, some more about your life and your, your path. And um, I know I'm from a small town. You're outside of, you were born and raised outside of um, Birmingham. And I was born and raised outside of Anderson, South Carolina. Well, as I tell people, I'm still being born and I'm still being raised. <laughs> Yes, and you know, right? what are we, what are we going to be when we grow up? That's what I'm, you know? I'm wondering. I'm wondering that same uh, thing. Me I'm, too, I'm so, me too. Uh, so actually, weird. yeah, I was actually raised uh, right in Birmingham. My my aunt is the one that had that little cafe outside of Birmingham. Hmm. In a little town, and I'm sure you've never heard of it, called Irondale, Alabama. I have never heard of it. No, no. I, I, I haven't. <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't. But I, I, I really resonated when, you know, you were, you were talking about, you know, what it took to leave, you know, to yeah. pursue your dreams. And, um, yes. and, and that was true for me, too. I needed to leave where I was. And that, that wasn't easy. You know, uh, leaving a space that was quite comfortable, if you will. And so I wanted to highlight that because I know that that that's true for a lot of people that are that are tuning in. You know, they 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 have these dreams that are calling them, you know, Mm -hmm. or they're being pulled in a certain direction, but they want to hold on to the to the comfortable how, yeah. how did you get the courage to do that, Fanny Fly? Because you have been a trailblazer in that field. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Um, actually, I, honey, at the time, I was in in Birmingham, and I was in the, the little theater, you know, and did my little sketches and stuff like that and wrote stuff. And then I got a job on local television, and we had a morning show, and it was sort of Poor man's uh, Today Show. <laughs> well, I was the co-host mm-hmm. and and the weather girl, and I was just terrible at, at the weather because I never I never could read the board. But anyhow, um, I wanted so much to, and this is a very good point. I wanted to stay home because I I loved my home, and but and you will understand this. This was the '60s. And I literally just, sweetheart, could not make a living uh, there because they were paying women uh, so little, and I I just couldn't couldn't make a living. And I thought to myself, you know, you've got to you've got to take a chance. And my father uh, was a was a dreamer. He was a man that always wanted to to go places and do things, and he had wanted to go to California after the war, and he never did, and he always longed to go somewhere and make something of himself and change, and so his whole life was spent in regret, and I thought to myself, you know, I'm scared to do it, but I do not want to go through life going, what if, what if? Mm -hmm. 
And I took the chance, and I was kind of young to go to New York, but I went to New York by myself, and I sold some material to this little uh, upstairs at the downstairs that was a club. And, you know, nothing is an accident. As we know, the very night that they opened Temple, um, I don't know if you remember, you may not be old enough, but Alan Funt, who had the show called Candid Camera, Oh, yeah. Loved it. He, mm-hmm. Yeah. He came in, and he saw that I had written some of the sketches in the show, and he hired me as a writer. So I was so lucky in that I got – I had two jobs within the first month that I got to New York. So I am ever grateful uh, that I did take that chance, but it, it was – I was – uh, it was not easy. It's not easy to leave things that are comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm what I'm hearing underneath is I think just a, a great share for people is is sometimes when you're feeling moved, you've got to move first. Yeah. Sometimes when you're feeling moved, you've got to move first. You got to show that inertia or that energy moving forward because we know you haven't stopped since <laughs> well, Temple, I mean, you've, been, I, you've been at it ever since <laughs> well i tried you you know the joke is it's like it's like i feel like i'm you know the frank sinatra the last the last tour i i decided oh this will make you laugh about if you think you're in control of your life uh, about four books ago, I announced, you know, with great, you know, with a great, uh, you know, flourish. Well, I've retired. I am no longer writing books. Well, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> and how did that go? <laughs> it, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed because, you know, I just go, oh, wait, oh no, oh no, I have another book. Oh gosh. <laughs> But, you know, they knock at your head, and you've just got to do it. And, and again, as you know, and we all know, and I've found out through trial and error, it's not about us. It's about what the universe and God wants you to do. And evidently, he kept, he says, you know, uh-uh, uh-uh, sister, you've got another one. <laughs> sit down and do it. And so this this is, uh, it never dawned on me that I would be writing, uh, going back to Whistle Stop, Alabama, at this, this you know, age, but somehow it happened. And uh, so this is why I wrote this new book, you know, The Wonder Boy of Whistle Stop, and why I did it, I don't know. I don't know why I write any of them, because... The truth is, I don't really write them. You know, people, I go to these writing seminars and they say, "What? what's the hardest part of writing? And as you know, because you do it yourself, the hardest part is to get yourself out of the way and let it come through. And uh, I've been lucky enough that uh, I've been able to do that. Yeah, it's like it, it, the hardest part is when you actually start entertaining the idea that it, mm-hmm. that it's about you and you're the one doing it. That's, that's right. what I that's what I find too and certainly the immensity of writing and the accomplishments, you know, is just it's phenomenal with you, but when I just compare with something as simple as, you know, a 20-minute talk, um, yeah. if I 
allow spirit use me speak through me this day allow the energy to flow through me and with me and as me and I get out of the way all is well but the moment I start thinking about oh my um I wonder if that's material I've used like recently or wonder if I, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I start thinking it's about me. It's just like roadblock, uh, you know, bridge mm-hmm. breaking block, mm-hmm. block, block. Um, mm-hmm. But you are, um, you have all of these, all these characters inside of you. The, mm-hmm. the thing I was wondering is that like when you're out and about or, you know, when you're like in conversing with mm-hmm. people, do you mm-hmm. sometimes start, going into character like you know just as a as a like a multi-dimensional way of thinking or being do you kind of feel like well what would what would Izzy do you know would you be like in that space of that yes absolutely and and the I'll tell you I I get a lot of inspiration or I don't know what it's called inspiration but I just get the biggest kick out of people they just crack me up particularly people that don't know they're funny it just throws me on the floor and i read i you know I just, that's why i loved candid camera because people are hilarious and you know temple americans have the greatest sense of humor of anybody any country that we can laugh at ourselves or, or we used to be able to it's getting harder and harder but we can we can laugh at ourselves and there is a particular brand of american humor that i find so funny and so cute and so i will read a lot of uh, small town newspapers and uh, I will just, particularly the social, you know, Mrs. So-and-so hit bingo last night right, and, right. and was taken <laughs> to the hospital an hour later. Well, cause this, this kind of just throws me on the floor. And uh, so I, I get inspiration from that, and I'll see some crazy stuff on television, and it'll kick, kick stuff off, you know. And I particularly get, I particularly, and I don't know why, just love funny names. Um, I will hear a funny name and just write it down, and then all of a sudden that character starts to live. And you know, I'll, I'll uh, like I, <laughs> the other day I was looking, and there was somebody named Amber Plaster. Well, that just threw me on the floor. And then there's somebody <laughs> named Nubbin Chameless and Cecil Towel. I don't know why, but I, you know, it's, at this age I still think it's hilarious. And I start, and then I have to go. Well, wait a minute, Fanny Flag, you've got the silliest name of all. But to get back to what you were saying, and it comes through, sweetheart, in your sermons, when you speak, get yourself out of the way and let spirit speak through you, you can't go wrong. And it took me many years to realize that if you actually tell the truth, uh, you can't go wrong. And I used to be so worried about, oh, if I said the right thing or if I looked a certain way and if I did, you know, this and that. And uh, what a relief. And it comes with age and it comes with getting knocked about a bit um, to realize that, you know, you're enough. Just tell the truth and you can't go wrong. And and you just be yourself. And... uh, Boy, I wish I'd known that when I was younger, and which brings me to why I revere and really credit my 
happiness in life to unity because I was a floundering person. My father uh, was an atheist and was very proud of it because he thought that made him very intelligent, you know. Uh, so I grew up with not going to, to having a, a, a religion or, you know, I was always uh, floundering, wanting to believe in something and not quite sure. And I can remember... Uh, to go back to what we were talking about earlier when I was in first went to New York, I was kind of young. I was like right out of high school I, I went. And it was overwhelming to me and, um, you know, very stressful. And I had a um, friend, well, actually she was my press agent, um, and she she said to me, I'm going to give you something uh, and she handed me the daily word, and that was, you know, in the in the gosh, I hate to tell you, like sixty four, and I can tell you honestly, unless I was knocked out cold, I have not missed a day of reading my daily word, and it has it has gotten me through life. And I am sure there are so many other people out there that feel the same way. And I am so grateful to Unity for that. And when I am floundering, I go right to my daily word. I use the the call in. If I need prayer, I call in. And I've never, it's never let me down. And I had the privilege, Temple, of going to Unity Village in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, to a retreat, and it was it was the, one of the best times of my life, and I wow. and I know you you feel the same way. I I don't I think it I know it's safe for me to say I I wouldn't be alive I don't believe um, mm-hmm. had I not been introduced to Unity because uh, because uh, as a child um, I was so felt so close to God you know, mm-hmm. felt so close and mm-hmm. um, was talking to God, you know, as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents told me, well, you you can't have a dog and you wouldn't take care of it. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to go to, you know, walk to school in the snow and mm-hmm. you can't have a dog because, you know, your life is so good. And, you mm-hmm. know, and I just went in my bedroom and said, God, I need a dog, please. <laughs> and the dog showed up, you know, so oh, I, no. I, I really had this belief about, you know, God very deeply but yet, according to the way I felt inside my heart, mm-hmm. and um, my parents discovered I had a, a girlfriend that was more than a girlfriend, and mm-hmm. um, they were saying that God wasn't there, wasn't for me. And mm-hmm. so when, and I felt like, how could that be? You know, mm-hmm. how could I be made as an accident when? Mm-hmm when I know that this creator loves me and I know there's such a deep connection there and a friend of mine, and you talk about names cause I'm fascinated with names too. His last name uh, still is, he's still alive and we're still good friends. Bliss, B L I S S. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so I met him through a, a series of encounters and he introduced me to unity and I was 19 years old. Oh and, wow. And I, I when I went and I sat down and I I, I just immersed myself and I went mm-hmm. this is this is the way it is this is how mm-hmm. it ought to be taught that mm-hmm. you know God is inclusive and and accepting, accepting and, and loving and, yes 
loving oh. and, and, and we are here to be unique, not be uh, stunted or shunned exactly. because we are unique. You know, and I, I remember that as I was getting to know the minister well, because she was only 10 years older than I, I, she invited me to dinner and I said, and I don't, I just blurted it out. <laughs> just like, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I, I, I think I'm gay. And she said, well, where do you want to go to dinner? And I said, well, didn't you hear what I said? And she said, well, in unity, that that doesn't mean anything. In unity, we accept everybody. And I, as I've said in some of my writings, I think for the first time, I took the biggest breath of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming well, home, unity yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It is coming home. And, and I, I believe very strongly that I would have been deader than a doornail because, you know, I, I was too so shy i've always been i know it's strange to believe since i was in show business but i was so shy that uh it was so difficult for me socially and what happened to me is when i was in new york um uh this was the era where it was the cocktail party after cocktail party and i was just um you know so nervous uh, wanting to, you know, make a good impression that I would have one drink and I went, oh, well, that, that's good. And then I'd have another and I thought, well, that's, that's even better. I feel really, <laughs> I feel really at home here. And that's where I got my feeling of belonging to the human race was when I was about half in the bag. And it dawned on me, thank heavens, that I did stop that, but it dawned on me, and I'm sure that's the same thing with you as a child. I so desperately, want, I was longing for the, to belong and to feel a part of, and spirit, you know, I drank the spirits. There's a reason they call it spirit. And I was, when I started in with my unity, you know, being a student of unity, I was able to get help and stop the the drinking, uh, which was only a attempt to bring God into into my my heart. And I was able to go out and be with people without being, you know, having help with with drinking. I didn't do drugs because it was the period, you know, I wasn't in that. I was a little old for the drug scene, so thank heavens I didn't get into that. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden I could get that special elation just by realizing that I am alive uh, I am a child of God. Uh, I am a miracle, and the world is a miracle. And you know what Einstein said, you know, it, it, either everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle, and I'm throwing in with him. How about you? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you, girl. And, you know, I, I think that that's um, often uh, what people misinterpret about uh, people that are celebrity or people that are in public life mm-hmm. is that um, – you know, we are immensely um, extroverted people. I'm an mm-hmm. extreme extrovert in my field, in mm-hmm. my in my in my purpose, because I have mm-hmm. so much passion about it, mm-hmm. and I can just go and you know mm-hmm. allow the angel wings to carry me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you you take me to a party, mm-hmm. um, and my wife laughs about it all the time. I'll be over in the corner. I'll mm-hmm. talk to the same person. Until mm-hmm. they leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Exactly. <laughs> I will. I talked to oh, the true. same person. Person. And at the par- next party there in California, I hope, I hope it's you and me right there in the corner. But, I mean, I can just go and talk and talk and talk, but to the same person. I, and whereas she will go throughout the whole room and she'll tell me the five people she didn't talk to. And she goes, oh, I know who you talked to. I saw you and I know you never moved. And I went, no, I didn't. I'm extremely <laughs> introverted and shy, too. <laughs> That's true. Well, listen, that is so that is so terrific because it's true. I, I realized that every time I'd go to a party, I spent an awful lot of time in the bathroom. <laughs> because I'd have to go in there and go, oh, I have to have a breather. You know, it's true, and it's so it's so pitiful. It's so sad. Uh, but I was, I will tell you a story, Temple. When I was in the sixth grade, uh, I changed schools, and I was so shy that I would I would go to school and I was so shy I'd put my head down on the desk and I wouldn't look up, and the teacher. Uh, thought I was an abused child, and then my mother said, no, she's not abused, she's just shy. And so I was really, and then, of course, uh, in school, and to get to, to, you know, our point about, you know, it's not about you, uh, the fact that I've written ten books is a, a miracle because I barely, and this is embarrassing, got out of high school. I honestly was failing right up I, up into the, my senior year. I took algebra four, literally four years, and never passed it. And I was, I am dyslexic. I couldn't spell and I couldn't do math. So I, you know, I was just the dumbest person in in the class. <laughs> And that's why I always act silly, because I thought, well, I'll make people laugh. At least I can do that. But I was so (laughs) bad in school, and the only reason I got out of school is that I was in a play, and they wanted to travel it for the summer, and and uh, my guy at the theater happened to be a professor at the University of Alabama, and he marched up to the principal, and he said, you've got to let that girl graduate. We need her for the show during the summer, and she's never going to use algebra. She's going to be an actress. And so (laughs) I got out of high school. And so, I mean, the fact that I actually have written books is, is like, what? That's certainly not me. That wasn't my path. That's like that's like a one-legged person deciding to be a tap dancer, you know. It's, so I didn't do it by myself. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out of high school. I it was not for me either. Trust me. I uh, I just um, missed so many days. I had to get special permission to to move forward because I, you know, my mom worked locally, and there yeah. she would see me at break time, and she'd go. Temple Ann, what are you doing here today? And I went, I just couldn't go to school today. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. Well, now, listen, uh, did they call you Temple Ann? That is well, the only cutest if, thing. Only, only, if they're, uh, only if they're upset with me. That's the only reason that they ever do that. Everyone, it. today I'm talking with uh, Fanny Flagg. You can go to FannyFlaggBooks.com and look her up. If you haven't liked her on Facebook, you want to do so because, as we already know, she's not only doing a lot of work now, she has a lot more she's going to be doing in the future. So you want to tune in to her. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us. I always love hearing from you and connecting with you. Um, You can go to templehays.com and send me a note. I love to know um, what you feel. I love to know subjects that you're interested in, etc. That's why people like us, we do what we do is is connection. And so um, stay in touch or follow on Facebook. You can also reach Fanny Flagg. Fanny Flagg is our... uh, our guest today, and we're just so thrilled to have her with us here on Unity Online Radio, um, that we both have such a deep appreciation for Unity and what it's done for our, our lives. But Fanny Flagg, as, as you know, is just a, a tremendously noted author. Go to FannyFlagBooks.com. Also like her on Facebook, Fanny Flag Books. And we have a lot to celebrate with you today, so we're going to break out our non-alcoholic champagne with you, because <laughs> Fanny's, Fanny's new book, The Wonder Boy, A Whistle Stop, I mean, people, it just came out, is what I'm saying. It just came out, and it is already number five on the New York Times bestselling list. Woohoo! Way to go, Fanny. I'm clapping all the way from New Orleans for you today. Well, thank you, my darling. And and I was so stunned because, you know, uh, in this turbulent time with the elections and all that stuff going on, I thought, oh, gosh, this book is going to tank like a... 50-ton sink, but it didn't, so I'm just thrilled, and that's, um, I, I have to thank the people that, that bought it because, um, you know, I was not expecting it to do well in this, in the turbulent times. I, I'm i just uh, kind of so grateful for it, and um, the one of the reasons I wrote it, really, is that I thought, gosh, you know, everybody is so upset has been for quite a while and we just need a break and I kind of needed a break from all of the you know the stuff that was going on with COVID and the political situation and I thought wow it'd be a good time to go back in time and to that little town of Whistle Stop that I love so well and the characters that I still love so much and and I'm glad I did I'm glad now I'm glad I did I'm glad you. I'm glad you did too. I I watched you in an interview and and you were you were laughing and you said, um, you know, wow, you know, with uh, fried green tomatoes. You said, I, uh, who knew? And I I I wound up, you know, killing all my characters off. <laughs> so so where, do we, where do we where do we go from where do we go from here? And um, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> I killed everybody. So. I killed them. But you know what? The, I didn't, I, the good news is, is that I'm a fiction writer, and I can bring them back to life. They, <laughs> they've, they've raised Absolutely. again, and Absolutely. I can keep them going. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that yeah, wonderful? Yeah, I mean, look at soap operas. I mean, how I many know. people die, but then they come back, you know, so it's I just perfect. It. You're right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so they they all they rose from the dead. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, how did the Wonder Boy um, 
is there a is there a story there? I mean, obviously, we want people to get the book, and and we know that they will, and I definitely know our right. our listeners will be already over it. Knowing some oh, of our you. listeners, they're already they're ordering it right now as we're talking. Oh. But um, oh. how did this um, come about? Come about with you? Well, you know, uh, over the years. Temple. People said, oh, well, let's do a sequel, let's do a sequel. And I went, oh, I think I was so lucky with that movie. I mean, it, it turned out so well. I thought, just leave it alone, and I, and, and, because that's what it was. And, and, but, um, NBC, uh, three, about three years ago, uh, said, oh, we want to do a sequel, we want to do a sequel. And, and it just never happened. Uh, and, so my agent called me, and this is the truth. She called me, and she said, well, you know, why don't you just, while we're waiting, why don't you write as, your own sequel and uh, as a book? And I thought, well, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but I, I guess I could do that. And so that's where that's where it came from. I wish I could say, oh, I've always wanted to do it. It never occurred to me that I should do it. And so I sat down, and I thought about it, and... Uh, I, I had a vision of, of in the movie, if you remember, Temple, the little boy, Ruth's son, uh, lost his arm on the railroad yes. track. And I thought, I wonder whatever happened to that little boy. And so I thought, ah, that's what this book is about. What happened to that little boy? What happened to that town? What happened to Iggy? Uh, we know Ruth died. Uh, what happened to all those people? Where did they go? And it was sort of a metaphor because, as you know, uh, we scatter to the winds. Very few people now stay in the same town their whole lives. And so all the people from Whistle Stop scattered everywhere because the town closed down. And then all of a sudden, in the book, you will find something happens. Is it a miracle? I don't know. I think so. And they all came. People started coming back, and a new community is forming. And I think that's what we all want. We all want community. And it can't be the same old community that we had. And it can't be, you know, all of our relatives, because a lot of people are gone now. But we can always start a new community. Like I feel like I started, you know, knowing you and knowing Kathy. And the community that we have of of unity is is we're so lucky to have it, and so that's what the book is about: is the importance of community. And 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 as you know, now we're finding out that it's even good for you. You know, it's like vegetables. They are they are now finding that people that live the longest are people that have a very healthy community. So hey, we're liable to live forever. Hey, we're we're going to go for it anyway, right? I mean, yeah. nobody really holds you accountable if you aim too high and you miss it. <laughs> we're going to go for it. I'm going for 150. That's my you number. Are. I'm going for 150. Are um, you? Okay. and I'll, you know, and then through the years we can I can tell you how how it's going. But um, <laughs> you know, as you're as you're talking about the book and you're talking metaphorically also, yeah. I'm thinking about, wow, it it makes so much sense, not only because it's a follow up and it's you know yeah, the the yeah. the famous fried green tomatoes that yeah. everybody still watches now, yeah. but it it you know you're you're so right of what are the odds of the book you know coming out 
in the same year that we have this COVID thing. Yes. And that, you know, that, uh, and I think that's one of the hardest things for people. And I think that's why you and I and others that are part of this bigger international mm-hmm. unity community, we're so mm-hmm. fortunate because we don't believe in trying to make something stay the same because, mm-hmm. because you can't, that's not how the laws of the universe work. And, no. and, um, I mean, we're, you know, we weren't really thrilled about, you know, that everybody's been on, you know, if you will, lockdown, shut down or quiet yes. down. Yes. But uh, but that being said, we've been flowing with it. It's like, well, yes. this is, you know, this is what is and and not trying to say, well, let's get back. And I, I can't wait one day to get back to the way things were mm-hmm. because we know that that's not possible. And that's exactly what you said that the book shows you, too, is that. You couldn't get back to the town that wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so out of that that space and that energy, mm-hmm. something brand new is is being formed in community. That that's mm-hmm. so cool, the timing of that. I mean, well, and just, you know, looking at that for sure. For sure. And the fact that it, it as you said, it came out right now when I I needed to write it because it really comforted me. And I think I think that it, if I can give a gift of, you know, a couple of hours relief from, you know, the stress of everything we're going through to people, then it's all worth it to me because, you know, I, I hate to sit in a room all by myself and write, which is what I have to do because, you know, as I said, I, I have ADD and dyslexia, so I have to go lock myself up in a place where there's no phone, no fax, no anything, and if a leaf falls off a tree, I, I, I lose my attention. So, uh, so it's very lonely for me to, to write, you know. And uh, the worst part of, of this particular thing is that not being able to travel, uh, because when I do go out uh, to book signings, I have to say, and I just hate to brag, but it's on my people, but my readers... Uh, are the nicest people in the whole world, and it's just a, you know, it's a joy to meet them, and uh, I miss that. I miss that, you know, personal connection, and, uh, but, you know, uh, again, the COVID has been very stressful, very hard, but I do believe, as you do, Temple, there's, there's good in it. Uh, my the good in it for me has been to really understand once again my priorities, what's important, and I I just hope that when it's over, we don't ever ever take for granted, you know, the simple act of being with people, of hugging people, of you know, just being among friends and being close and seeing their faces i miss i miss people's faces terribly i love mm-hmm. to see people and i just hope that that we continue to be you know grateful for what and remind us how how lucky we have been and not take it for granted because i did i took all, i thought oh, that'll go on forever i'll never not be able to go out and hug people and see people and love on people uh but ooh, no no and uh having said that being a human being and i'm sure you've had this happen 
I have had some scares, you know, like health scares, and you go, like I have a, a test for, from the doctor, and you go, oh, please, dear God, you know, if, if it just turns out all right, I'll, I'll be grateful forever. Within three days, you know, I'm going, well, what's next? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, yeah those human, bargaining tricks. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm very familiar human. with those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being human, I hope that you know that I will continue to be grateful for for what we have. Well, it's you know, I think that you know, for me, one of the things, and this is something I've recognized when we've when we've talked uh, over these last few months, yeah. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Is we laugh a lot, and, yeah. and what I'm going to say to people. Um, aside from, you know, the tremendous value that being affiliated with unity uh, mm-hmm. is for your life and for your well-being, or like you said, to have the daily word, to mm-hmm. just have that daily medicine mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. life, that mm-hmm. if you aren't really putting energy into your sense of humor, develop one. Find mm-hmm. a way to develop one, because that is is really what what keeps me young, we were yesterday in a, in a Starbucks and, um, ordering some, some drinks and they were offering some little, you know, black masks to wear. And we obviously Mm -hmm. had, had ours on, but they had these cute little black ones. So we're putting them on and everything. And I was going, you won't believe the amount of money I've saved on lipstick. Because I'm a lipstick queen, you know. I just gotta have those that lipstick on my my face. Dare forbid that I even go put the mail in the mailbox and I don't have my lipstick on, you know. And so I was just so I love you know I love laughter and it's just um, wasn't it Bernie Siegel that says it's the it's the best medicine for us. So if you if you if you're getting too serious. Uh, please take it from you know Fanny and Temple. Please oh, absolutely. give that up. Stop oh, being you're, you so know you're serious. so please. right. I am so glad you said that because there is nothing better than a good laugh. And I, I gosh, I saw the funniest thing. I saw these uh, the cartoon. These two dinosaurs were sitting on a hill. And they were. They looked out, and and there was a, this. The ark was going in the water away from them, and, and one dinosaur turned to the other and said, "Oh darn, was that today?" <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! But if it's true, and and I think for mental health, I mean, if that that is why God gave us this a sense of humor because. That's got. We've got to release somehow, and it it keeps us sane. If we can just look look at the world, at the crazy stuff, and just say it's so crazy, you have to laugh. I mean, some of the things they're coming up with now, I just have to laugh. It's just getting so serious. Everybody is so serious about oh, you know, this and that, and you just go, oh, honey, lighten up. <laughs> Absolutely. And, it, you know, because we if if we've learned something for sure this year, um, we aren't in control and it's yeah. an illusion anyway. I and totally. our control is is such an illusion. And um, the very things that we've thought were be, you know, predictable um, are everything seems to be the opposite of, you know, of what it's ever been in, in many ways. And yes. we just and. 
again, we're fortunate to have a, a principal understanding of you, you let go and you let God and, and you let go and you, you let God and you just, you just, you just let it be, you know, it, it is what it is. And, uh, great breath comes from that. And, um, ah. it, it's a great distressor. I, I read, um, Oh, I used to teach stress management uh, here and in, in the UK. And one of the statements in stress is that children laugh 120 something times a day and adults laugh um, just in the teens, you know, 12 wow. to 15 times a day. And I'm like, wow. I have to work on this. And that's wow. why I'm telling people, you know, that you can work on it. You can make a decision to be happy because it is a choice same things are happening to all of us, but you can choose to be, to find your own joy in it. I love that this book is going so well. I tell you, I am so, I'm so happy for you, Fanny. Well, and um, will an it angel. become a, will it become a movie? Do you think? I mean, are, are I, the, you know, or is it something you can talk about at this point? I don't think so. I don't know, but you know, I don't, as, as we, you and I both have come to conclude, I have no control. I have no idea if it's supposed to be, it will. Um, I, I never dreamed that the fried green tomatoes would be a movie, you know, and talking about not, not being in control. I, I laugh with people, Temple. I said, you know, I'm a fiction writer and what happens, what is happening and what has happened in the world, I couldn't make it up. <laughs> that's right. I make this stuff up you know, if that's I right. Tried. Oh my God, you know it's right. And you, you and I are just having to hold each other back because we we both want to go there so much, but we're we're gonna just not. No, we but, can't. Yeah. But it's true. It's you just, just go. I can't, I can't make bizarre. this stuff up. No, it's and just absolutely crazy. But you know what? I'm what I'm getting real strong, and I I know that you already have identified with this because I I know your dad worked at the movie theater, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and I, he, he has a big picture. hand in this, don't you think? Yeah, oh, your totally. path. I think he's been up there, just wherever oh, over totally. there on the other side I, of the veil. I, I really I, think he's got his hand in in what's been going on in your life I in, do a, too, in the most I do profound too. way. I, I'm getting goosebumps of confirmation. Well, I do too. I I feel him very much, and and also my aunt, you know, that ran the cafe. You know, she. I feel I feel all of them, and and I really do. And I, it's um, it's it's like uh, what we were talking about the the control and and the miracles in the world. If you had told me. Temple, when I was 18 years old, scared to death, uh, told, you know, by my acting teacher uh, and my writing teacher, oh, you'll never succeed at anything. If you had told me that my life would have turned out the way it did, uh, I wouldn't have believed it. So it's, it, it's, it's so, life is so fantastic, you know, and there's so much good in the world, and I just want... I just want one of the reasons I write is to remind people, you know, we hear how terrible people are, but that's not how I feel. I, that's not my experience. I think people are wonderful. They are. And I agree with you. And, you know, um, we've, we've had some things happen, you know, in, in the last, um, many years and generations mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, we got into air conditioning and garage doors and, 
people stopped hanging out on their porches as much and those Mm -hmm. kind of things. And then we got bombarded with, you know, 24 seven news. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's not like, um, remember the days of, uh, Walter Cronkite Cronkite Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. he would say, Oh, this happened, but tomorrow I'm going to tell you how it worked out for the better. We don't mm-hmm. have that anymore. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. We, now we have, this is so bad and it's so mm-hmm. horrible and it's so bad and it's so horrible. Exactly. And tomorrow, if that's gotten better, we're going to get on to the next horrible and isn't it yeah. awful because we got to keep you addicted to us. Oh, it's, it's sad what's going on it, now. There's people you're, like you're, you. There's people all over this world that are genuinely, inherently good and valuable and, um, but we, you know, that we don't hear that. We they only hear the, isn't it awful stuff? They, yeah, they don't get any press. They don't get any recognition. And this is why I write about what they call ordinary people. I don't think they're ordinary. I think they're heroes and heroines. They're the people that get up every day, go to work, pay their taxes, have sick children, take care of them, and they don't get press and they don't get awards or the big salaries those are the people that touch my heart you know and um as we say you know yes maybe 10 people were murdered last night by murderers but there's millions of people that didn't murder anybody that's right (laughs) that is so 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 right yeah Uh, you, you 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 nailed that one um right on you know with the with the with the characters in your in your books, is there mm-hmm. any particular character that really shows you? Um, the, I'll tell you if, what I used to say. If when I grow up, I want to be. I I love the character of Nanny Threadgood, who is the older woman who befriended, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Evelyn, because she's she's very simple, and she but she's very wise. And I just want to be simple and wise, and uh, I haven't gotten there yet. I, well, I'm simple, but I don't know how wise I, I am. I don't know. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I think that you're there. I think you're there. I think you have the trait that is an attribute for true uh, spiritual awareness, and that's called humility. And I, I, I know that years ago, I on a shamanic journey, I, I, I said, Dear God, Please give me the tool that is is most needed in my life to mm-hmm. walk, uh, you know, in the world mm-hmm. and not of the world. You mm-hmm. know, what is that tool? What is the tool that's so important? And it was it was sacred humility, and um, that that's something that that I that I think maybe we could all talk about a little mm-hmm. bit more because mm-hmm. there's a difference between being full of yourself mm-hmm. and being full of spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I and agree. I, um, I, I identify that with you. I, that, I really resonate with who you are because that is a, a trait that you have very strongly. And I, I thank you for that because well, um, we don't you. see that a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. especially in fields of people that are well known or in celebrity. Um, you don't often see that humility that it's not just all about you. It's about yeah. the work that, the work. you know, God has bestowed mm-hmm. upon us to do. It's pretty cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to get me a fanny flag t-shirt. I'm telling you, I want oh, the one you're... that you wore on, uh, 
match game, the one where you, the red curly hair um, <laughs> t-shirt that you wore. <laughs> oh, I really like that one. <laughs> well, you, you know what happened? Temple, what happened was I was on match game, and I, I wore some silly t-shirts. Well, people started sending them to me. So I had to wear them because I didn't want them to think I, I didn't get them. So I, I started just wearing all these crazy T-shirts. And, and, I wondered uh, about that because I watched, like I said, the 25 most watched shows yeah. with you in it. And every uh-huh. time and then you would kind of come out and you had kind of a gesture around the around the shirt and I went there is a story there so <laughs> it became your well, thing hey? yeah well I'll tell you something hilarious if you've got a second uh, about three months ago I think because people got so burned out on the news they started looking at reruns I started getting an awful lot of mail temple from men who were looking at reruns of the match game and I think they didn't realize it's 30 years later <laughs> they're going oh you're cute oh boy oh boy you know and I'm going oh honey oh honey if you only knew you know? And, 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 and by the way some of the mail came from jail oh dear uh, oh my gosh oh my gosh uh-huh. yeah they... so, so it's very funny it it is. It's it's absolutely uh, fascinating. But yeah, I saw that. I mean, they picked up speed again, and mm-hmm. the work is coming back around, and uh-huh. and we see that adding to the betterment of of lots and lots of people getting yeah. this book. So I'm going to share with the audience to please go ahead and share this, share this show, and really put to heart, you know, getting a copy of the Wonder Boy of Whistle Stop to share because everybody that you ever have known has loved fried green tomatoes and it's touched their soul and in many ways. And, um, Fanny flag, you are just one incredible human being. I admire you. I honor you. And I'm just so excited that I get to do the rest of this life journey, uh, with you in it. I mean, it just really lights me up. I, I thank you for everything well, that I- you are. And, Thank you for the work that you've brought all of us. Temple Ann, I'm glad to be alive when you're alive. (laughs) And the best is yet to come, my friend. Thank you, Angel. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tollison. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.